Hey, Spencer and Emily, come on up. This is Spencer and Emily Lentz. Y'all, y'all clap for them, right? Uh, so uh, I'm going to hand this to you so you can talk in a second, whoever's going to talk. Hey, so they just moved in. Actually, they moved in last Sunday, and they've been coming to some of the events this week. You saw um, Emily. Did you see this was her on the end doing this, right? That was her in the picture we saw over there. She was leaning into the kid. Yeah, so thank you for the lean. I appreciate that. The kids felt loved in that. Uh, but, hey, so we're really, really excited that they're here, literally. So they are, they're like, they're jumping in, like, man, like, full bore. Like, they're literally leaving for camp with us today, heading down. And uh, so we've kind of kind of broken their schedule down to connect with all of our kids while they're there. So you can be in prayer for them. Uh, but I did want you to see them, number one, this morning. And just know we do have coming up next Sunday, July 7th, right immediately after the second service. We're going to do kind of a meet and greet. Basically, you're just going to go over to the community room. They're going to be sitting there, and they're going to be in a line. You're just going to kind of come up, introduce yourself, kind of say hello, give hugs, and then walk off, right? And just connect with them. So next Sunday, we'd love for you to specifically meet them. Feel Feel free to connect with them today after service too. Know they'd love to meet you and stuff. So with that, uh, why don't you kind of just fill us in, like what's going on with y'all, like right now? Kind of talk this just, just for a minute about, hey man, look where your heart is as you think about stepping into this role. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we've we've been just trying to meet as many of the youth here as possible, and there's a lot, so it's taking a bit. I'm like, my my, I don't think my brain can handle one more name, but it's going to. It's going to have to. Yeah, all wiki camp. I'm going to be learning names, getting to know uh, the the students here, and really excited about that. Um, we're about to close on a house right on Cedar Crest, um, so we're really excited about that, and we're excited to be really close by. And yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, we're excited. It, we're really thankful that we got to be here before camp because for a little bit we weren't sure if we were going to be able to make it out before we moved from Northern California. So. We just did the long road trip all the way across the country, but we're really excited to be here and excited for camp, and yeah. It's awesome. All right. Well, hey, if you don't mind, put your hands forward real quick and pray for them this morning, just as they make this transition in. And um, Father, we just want to say we're so thankful uh, for Spencer and Emily. Uh, Father, we have been praying, and, and God, you answered by bringing them. And so, Lord, we are confident, Lord that they are the team that you've brought, Lord, to be a part of this vintage family, to love on our kids, to be part of our community, Jesus. And we just pray, God, as we prayed even on Thursday night for them, God, this grace and mercy that, Lord, you would give them. God, even talking about names, just give them grace to remember names, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you just bless them relationally with our students this week and with all of our leaders. And we just say, God, all, all the things that are taking place and all the moving parts, God, would you just put them into place in a way that only you can, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank all right. You. You're welcome. All right. So this morning, we're going to kind of um, take our next step. If you have not been here, we've been talking about... The purpose for which uh, we exist, right? And we said it doesn't really matter, you know, who you are. It doesn't matter what you do in life. That ultimately, all of us have the exact same purpose. Again, whether we are a whether we are a teacher, whether we stay at home with our kids, whether uh, we are the CEO of a five, Fortune 500 company, whether we are a pastor of a church, that each of us exists for 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 the for these three reasons: one, to be a part of the family of God, right? That we we have been 
been created to exist for the purpose of belonging to God, being his kid and being in relationship with him. And so I'm hoping this week, man, that you that you really went after that. Right. This grabbing hold of and being a part of this truth of being God's kid, being a part of his family. The second part, the second purpose, the reason we exist is for the purpose of growing into Christ's image. Right. That we give our lives to Jesus but we don't stop right there, right? We go from, we continue to mature and to grow as spiritual beings as ultimately with the purpose of growing into the image of Jesus. And so my hope is that you're confident this week that you live with this purpose of becoming more like Jesus, that you could say with confidence, I, I believe I am more like Jesus today than I was last Sunday when I was here because I was giving myself for that purpose every day of my life. And we said the third purpose we looked at last week, that we, the reason we exist is for the work of, excuse me, of doing God's work. We exist for the purpose of doing God's work. And so we said last week that that's really summed up in, at least in the argument that I made, in, the, in this picture of Jesus giving the great commandment in Mark chapter 12, which summed up very simply says, love God, the primary command, the reason, listen, in all that you're doing, love God with everything inside of you. Like literally every day that you live with this intention of loving God with everything inside of you. And the seconds linked together, you can't have one without the other then, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? Like you take your whole Bible and you sum it up, you can sum it up. Everything is speaking to those two commandments and those two purposes, right? To love God and to love neighbor. And so in that, I said that doing the works of God, then I believe this third part of the tripod of our purpose, then ultimately is defined by loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And so we did that. We kind of broke down those three primary words. We talked about agape love. We talked about your neighbor. Right. And we talked about yourself. Talk about those three pieces of that command. And so I want to put up on the screen just this picture of what that looked like in those four primary pieces. Number one is this, loving yourself. about the idea of like loving yourself. We said, never forget the lengths you go to in loving, fighting for, and defending self. It is good and it's right to do this. Don't move ahead yet. The idea is very simple. Think about how much energy you give to fight for, protect, and make sure that your life is going well. Literally every day, every moment of every day, how much energy you think about, you spend thinking about yourself, caring for your needs, fighting and protecting self, right? That's good and it's right. You've been designed by that God that way to love yourself. But don't forget number two, the lengths that you go to love self is the same length you are to go in loving a neighbor. That's the whole point. The whole energy that you give, right, your neighbor, that you are to give with the same amount of energy, the same amount of, of purpose, the love to neighbor as you give to self. And I don't know about you, but that's really convicting for me, right? That's very convicting thing. To the same degree that I care for self, I'm to care for someone else. And then our love that we're giving, we said, is to be given with that expectation of getting anything in return. That's the nature of agape that we give. Right. We we our love is to be given without expectation of getting anything in return. There's not it's not self oriented. It's not about giving so that I can receive. When we said we're driving on the road and you let somebody into traffic. What do you expect? 
Hey, thanks, right? The wave in return. So Agape says, I don't care if anybody ever waves. I'm just going to be really happy they got in in front of me. That's awesome, right? And the fourth thing is, then who do you love? Well, your neighbor is anyone God has placed in your life. Anyone that God has placed in your life. So the snapshot of loving your neighbor as yourself is just simply this. And so in the context of our life, then, that we are literally living our lives with the intention of saying, God, I'm going to love, agape, with that expectation, my neighbor, anyone who's around me, in the same way that I fight for and defend and love myself. But here's the thing I want to talk about kind of today, the next step, the next step, the next part of of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And and the idea is, being, is this really, really simple. There's a lot of people in the world, right? Like there are a lot of people in the world. There are a lot of needy people that we meet probably in some context every day. And we said we're not called to love everyone. Like we can't love everyone. Why? Because we can't love someone in Alaska today that we don't know, right? But we are called to love anyone that God brings into our path. That there are people that God brings into our life, people that we're close with, our family, with our friends, literal neighbors, people that we, we, we pass in the, in the grocery store. So that at any time, God may call us to, to, to be a neighbor to any one of these people. And so it, with that in mind, I want to, in taking that next step, we have to recognize this. And I want you to hear this. This is really important. If you miss this phrase, then you'll miss the whole morning. It's simply this. Love has limitations. Love has limitations that for us to love well, we will need healthy boundaries. We have a real sense of realism around who we are and what we're actually capable of doing with love. Your ability to love neighbor has limitations. You have limitations. We see Paul speaking to this in, in Ephesians, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. He says this, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now, I love this verse. It says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Like, I don't know about you, but I live in a world, and even my own, like, personality, I live in a world where compassion fatigue is a real thing. Right? I live in a world where compassion fatigue is a real thing. There are all, listen, and part of the problem is we have in the internet, right? We literally, right now, in real time, because of Twitter sphere, we can literally know what's going on in some third world country with all of these needs, and they come into my social media, and I'm like, and I feel this like, ah, compassion in the moment, right? And in that, every day when I get inundated with all of these things and all of these needs, Right. All of these things that are going on, I'm like, ah, and so many people, what do they do? They just do this. They go, I can't do it anymore. And so the idea is that we come into a life where we have limitations. We have this place where compassion, we are fatigued by it because there are so many things. And here's the deal, because there are so many possible neighbors. There are so many possible neighbors. That's why Paul says, listen, Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if you do not give up. Why did he write that? 
Because people were growing weary in doing good and they were giving up. Right? The only reason he spoke that is because it was actually happening in the moment. And so in the context then of our lives, right, we have people who are like, yeah, they run really hard. And then we have people who probably at one point in time ran really hard, but they just can't do it anymore because they couldn't quite find the balance. So this morning what we want to do is just begin to talk about this nature of recognizing, man, God's very aware of our limitations, helping define what those are and creating, beginning to build some boundaries in the context of how we love our neighbor and not doing, not growing weary in how we are doing that good. So the place to begin when talking about limitations and love is this. I want you to hear this. The beginning of our limitations, the beginning of being honest that you are limited as a human being is simply this. We're not God. Like, we're not God. You're not God. And that's a gift. It's awesome not being God. When thinking of God's love, we recognize that his love, listen, when thinking about God's love, we recognize that his love, his love has no limitations. Right? His love has no limitations. He can love the entire world at one time and have no limitations on who is his neighbor. Remember John 3.16, you know it. For God so loved the world, right? So it means in one fail swoop, right? He agaped the entire world, every single person in it, recognized the areas in need of compassion, and with one fail swoop at all at one time, because God is not bound by time, he's not bound by place, he could at all at one time love neighbor he can right and so god in this context right he has no limitations why it's a big word because he's infinite right he has he he can love everyone with equal energy at the same time without reservations without boundaries he has no boundaries he has no limitations but we are not infinite did you know that you are not infinite You, the opposite, is finite. You, by nature, have boundaries, right? We are stuck in, we are stuck in these finite bodies, which define, literally means that we, by nature, by who we are, we have limitations and we have bounds with our time, with our energy, and with our resources. Let me say those words again. We are limited with our time. We're limited with our energy and we're limited with our resources. Listen. Just to make it super simple, how many of you sleep every night? Right? That means you're limited because God never sleeps. And so by nature, God has created us with limits and boundaries of things that we can do with our time. How many of you know you have limited time to give to people? How many of you know you have, you feel, you feel the limited energy that you have, right? You feel the limit, you recognize the limited resources. I mean, you look at the third world countries and go, I have compassion for all of the poor who live on the entire continent of Africa. Can you fix all of their problems? No, because you are limited in your resources. Therefore, for us, for us to love ourselves, right, and to love our neighbors well, 
we have to be honest about our limitations and how best to set boundaries for ourselves, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. Now, I was going to press pause. I encourage you. This message is incredibly limited. It's going to leave you wanting more. I'm probably not going to answer most of your questions, right? I, I can't. But I encourage you, pick up the book, Boundaries. Pick up the book, Boundaries, by Drs. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Town. Send. Right? <laughs> Rick it up and read it. I mean, I read through it like I had, like I couldn't, like book was somewhere. So I, I called us, I called a friend of mine and said, Hey, do you have any notes on this? I can just steal from yours. Like I, I used to buy cliff notes back in the day in college. I still do. Right. And so I was buying cliff notes. And so I literally like, wanted to get this. And so she's like sent me like these pages and I read through. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I could meditate on this with Jesus literally for weeks and just grow from it. Cause like this is something that I need these boundaries. So I encourage you read the book. Don't make it one of those. You think you're going to read in one sitting, read it and digest it and God, allow God to really begin to speak into the understanding of boundaries, limitations that he sets up so that you can love neighbor as you love yourself for the rest of your life. So here we go. The limit. Here's the second thing we're going to look at. So the limitations of, of human beings love. Honestly, I, it can be seen in the life of Jesus. And that's really helpful. I think it's always really helpful. We can look at the life of Jesus and see something that defines his life. Begin to understand our life. I don't know if you ever do that or not, right? So Mark chapter 6, 31 and 32, get the picture. Jesus, listen, don't forget. Like, Jesus, don't pull it up yet because I want people to hear this. And the idea of the idea of our lives, right? The idea of our lives. We look at Jesus and we go, oh my gosh. He had at least 5,000 men who were following him. Men, because they only thought about men back in the day, right? So there's 5,000 men. How many of you know most men were probably married back in the day? So that's at least 10,000. And like, and they didn't, they just had, they just had kids like we do. And they mommy had like, like, it's like, like they had like one and three quarter kids or two kids back in the day. So there's this maybe up to 15 to 20,000 people following. Nobody really, really knows, right? But let's just use the more realistic number of 15,000 people following Jesus. So in the story, in the life of Jesus, in the life of Jesus and his disciples, there are at least probably ten to 15,000 people that are following him every day, needing compassion. And Jesus says this in Mark 6, 31, 32, I want you to think limitations. The human body being limited, the boundaries that we set. And Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place. Like, what a powerful word. Desolate. There is literally nothing there, right? A desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. I mean... You have to recognize, again, that everyone following Jesus wanted something from him. Like, do you have, do you have multiple people, people in your life who just want, and you feel the weight of that, whether it's your time, whether it's your energy, right? Whether it's people at work, people in your family, people at church, maybe you feel it coming from me, I don't know, Right? They wanted 
Jesus. They wanted something from him. They wanted to receive his love. And they wanted to have Jesus be a neighbor to them. But Jesus and his disciples were limited. There were so many coming and going, so many in prayer, in need of healing. They were in need of food, John 6, that they grew tired. Listen, the disciples and Jesus, they grew tired and hungry themselves and had to pull back to a desolate place and rest a while. What I want you to see is this. Jesus, hear this. Jesus was loving his neighbor by ministering to their needs. That's true. But he and the disciples reached their limit and boundary of time and energy, and they had to pull away. They had to rest. They had to recharge. They, they had to leave people behind in need, still wanting something from them to care for self. And I would argue that this was the most loving thing for them to do. Like Jesus literally had to listen. Think about it. Jesus, let's like, let's just say this. Let's just pretend. Let's just Kelly stand up real quick. Kelly Davis. This is Kelly. All right. Let's just pretend that Kelly's Jesus. Right. Right. Kelly's Jesus. He's so comfortable right now. Okay. So Kelly's Jesus. Right. Look at me. She's like, oh, my gosh. And all of us are like, oh, my gosh. And what do we want to do? We all immediately turn to him and then we make a line and we want something from Kelly. We want something from him. Let's say like this is. Well, no, let's just make it. more. So let's do this like Doug's the end. Right. So let's say all these people start going. Sorry, you get to be the last ones in line. You're the first away from Jesus. Okay. And let's just say all of a sudden people start coming to Jesus. Right. And they're coming to the disciples. Right. And all of a sudden we get to Doug. Doug's like, I'm going to go last in my group. Right. And so because he's so humble. Right. And so we all go over and get prayer from Jesus Kelly. Right. And, and then all of a sudden Jesus Kelly goes, whoo, man, I'm tired. I got to go. And all of you are left and get nothing in the moment. You can sit down, buddy. Thanks. That's Mark 6. In fact, that was probably almost every day of Jesus and the disciples' lives. Can you really minister to 15,000 people a day with 12? No. Right? So every day Jesus would minister, 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 and then he would stop. And he would pull away. And it was good and right. Why? Because he couldn't be a neighbor tomorrow if he did not recharge today. Healthy boundaries. We're limited, right? Embracing limitations as a gift. So love of neighbor is expressed. It's number two. Love of neighbor is expressed by embracing our limitations. Love of neighbor is expressed by embracing our limitations. Listen, we love to use the... listen. We love to use the phrase unconditional love when talking about love, meaning we give people what they what they want without limit. But this isn't a love that we're truly capable of giving as human beings. Like all, listen, only God has the ability to love without limits. We have limits. We have boundaries. And if we don't embrace them, we will die. Literally. 
Like I look at the, I get, like you remember, like I don't know how, you, how many how many years ago it was, but like when those the 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 secret letters that Brother Teresa came after she passed away, where she had these these questioning in her own heart of who she was and of life and her calling, right? And a lot of it was kind of grounded in this, like she just had served so much. And in her being honest, right, I just wonder how much of her struggle and tension is because in India, the, where the need, listen, the need is so great. Literally, we, we've been to multiple of her homes in India. The need is so great. The dying, I mean, it's not just one, it's hundreds of people who are dying literally every day and you're caring for them in their houses of the dying. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming, right? In this moment, I just wonder how much, because somewhere in her life she just recognized she couldn't, this is so hard, she, she wasn't able to fully embrace her limitations. So in that man, she just grew tired trying to be unconditional in her love and just recognizing, man, only God has the ability to love without limits. We have limits. We have boundaries. And if we don't embrace them, we will die. Therefore, the best way to love our neighbor is to give ourselves away and then to retreat, replenish, regroup, and be filled. Like for those of you who love the Holy Spirit, Paul says, be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? He's like saying, be baptized again every moment of every day because every day you're giving yourself away. And if you don't replenish, Charles Spurgeon once said, why do you always preach on the infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit? He says, because I leak and I give stuff away. Right? It's like I'm always continually recharging, replenishing, and recognizing I am limited as a human being. This is the picture we see in Mark 6. And it's interesting to me to see Jesus leading the retreat. It wasn't like Peter came and said, hey, man, listen, I know you can go all night long and stuff, but, man, we're tired. No, Jesus is like, yo, man, I'm tired. It's time to go. I see y'all are dying. You can barely make it. You're hungry. You're tired. You're overwhelmed. We've walked the extra mile with those people. I'm not going to make you walk a third. It's time to retreat, regroup, and replenish. He understood human limitations, but he also understood this fact. And hear this. The only way he and his disciples would be able to continue loving their followers was in pulling away to recharge. Their love came. Listen, their love came with the condition. Their love came with the condition that for them to continue loving well, it came with the condition that they would need to retreat, rest, and recharge. But there's a condition. Like, there's, there's like unhealthy conditions and then healthy conditions, right? Unhealthy conditions is like, well, I'll love you if you do this for me. That's an unhealthy condition. But a healthy condition is, hey, I want to love you for the rest of your life. But for me to do that, I need space and time to come over here and be with God, rest, recharge, Sabbath, rest, whatever it may be. And so in this, we are finite beings. We are finite beings. Everyone say that I am finite. You are. Even though we're filled by God's spirit, we are still finite. Why? Because we live in a physical body. If Listen, how many, well, if you're over 70, tell me and tell us, does your body, is it able to do the same things it was when you were 20 years old? No. 
Your mind, I mean, your mind's still sharp and your mind, but why? Because we live in the physical body. We are finite beings. I mean, I'm 45 and I can feel it. I mean, poor Randall was laying in bed last night, man. Her knee, I didn't even walk my knee. And it's like, I'm joking, but it was really serious. She's like, ah, she would have said, I am so finite, right? It's like, man, we are finite beings. We have limitations because we live in the physical body. Love of neighbor, again, is expressed by being honest with and just embracing that we have limits, limitations. Hear this. This may be hard for you. Limitations and embracing them actually celebrate God's design. They celebrate God's design. Remember, God, listen, everything's designed that God can love every neighbor through everyone, not just you. That's the design. God can love everyone. He can love everyone through all of us together, but he can't just love everyone through you. This is the design. It's why Jesus had disciples. He couldn't save the world by himself. He had limits as a human being. You all know Jesus was fully man, right? This is a really important behind, issue behind theology. He was 100% human, therefore, while on earth, was bound by the limitations of humanity. Why? So he could live the life that we live so we would know he understood. It's really important to recognize his humanity. Super important. So the idea is that he couldn't save the world by himself. He had limits as a human being and needed others who would then do their part. And herein lies the greatest truth about God's design for loving our neighbor. Our limitations reveal that we're not God and that he is, that he is in charge, right, and that we're not. And if I have to say no to someone, listen, if I have to say no to someone because of my limitations, my need to rest, to recharge, to get healthy, etc., then I have to ask the question. I want you to hear this. I'm going to restate that because I think this is the crux, at least for me, in this message. It's this. Let me go back to the final place. If I have to say no to someone, if I have to say no to someone because of my limitations, right, my need to rest, to recharge, to get healthy, then I have to ask this question. In being obedient and staying true to my limitation, my boundary, do I trust God enough that he will care for and provide for the ones I have to pull back from? Do I actually, when I pull back and I have to say no to someone, do I actually believe with everything inside of me that their health is not dependent upon me, but it's dependent upon God? And when we wrestle with that, then we find ourselves wrestling with trying to be God to people. You're limited. And you're limited to show that you need God in every moment of compassion. And that you can only take someone so far because God has to take them to the end. You can't. Our limitations are God's design to show you that you're not God and that he is, but that he's awesome at it. And he can care for those who are in need. 
do I believe more in my ability? Like, you have to actually practically say, do I practically live this? All of you believe what to say here, but do you live it out? Do I believe more in my ability or in God's ability? Do you feel more confident taking care of something or not doing something and trusting Jesus? Our embrace of our boundaries and limitations is our way of saying, God, you were a God, and I am not. Embracing our limitations celebrates the fact that we believe that our neighbor, again, needs God more than he or she needs me. When Jesus pulled away, do you think that he worried that people would be upset? Do you think he'd be worried he'd let people down and that, he, and that God would then lose people forever? Or did he just trust God's grace? Did he trust that God loved them more? No, he trusted that God would care for them in the moment that he was obedient with his disciples to take their needed rest. And lastly, our boundaries empower others to responsibility. Our boundaries, they empower others to responsibility. So you all understand a boundary, right? It defines a boundary as like a property line. It's like, hey, I have responsibility with my yard up until this property line boundary, right? So everything I'm responsible for has this boundary, has this kind of property line-esque type thing. So in the context of our lives, right, like we have these boundaries that define our responsibility. They define our calling, what it is and what it is not. And boundaries, again, like these property lines. And so we see this in a Galatians chapter 6, 2 and in 6, 5. We see these two things from Paul where Paul gives the teaching around responsibility. He says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6, 2, right? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This goes back to last week's message, right? Hey, the command of God, the law of God is that you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's a primary call. You recall your purpose. You exist to do the works of God, to love and to show compassion for your neighbor. That's good. That's right. And it's healthy. It's a beautiful thing, right? We are as a primary lifestyle called to do this. Boundaries don't listen. Boundaries marry our purpose, right? We don't just go, well, I've got boundaries over here. I ain't going to do nothing. No, man. Boundaries marry the primary calling to love neighbor. The both and. And so in this, right, it says, listen, Bear one another's burdens. You're called to do this and so fulfill the law of Christ. Listen, burden here speaks to the excess weight that a person has to carry in life, whether it's a, a crisis, a, it's, a, it's a tragedy, or it's an extreme hardship. It's what we see in the life of the Good Samaritan. There's this crisis moment, right? These other guys weren't willing to help, but this one guy, the Good Samaritan, came along and was willing to help in their crisis because there was an extra burden, a weight in this person's life, a tragedy. And so, yes, we are to... Find these and come alongside of our neighbors who are struggling in the moment, right? And to be Jesus to them. It's beautiful and it's right. But Paul then puts limits on what to do for other people in verse 5 when he says, For each one will have to bear his own load. I encourage you to read that whole, that whole little section right there. He's coming and saying, yes, you've got to fulfill the law of Christ. But let's just be honest. Don't do for someone what someone's supposed to be doing for themselves. 
Right? There are boundaries that we set. For Listen, a load, literally, kind of in the Greek here, it represents a personal responsibility, things people must carry on their own. Each person has their own responsibility. His teaching speaks to our role of selfless love, yes, in verse 2, but then teaches the responsibility of self. The idea is this, when we infringe... When we cross the boundary line of our responsibility and get to someone else's, when we infringe upon someone else's responsibility, then we are not loving them, even if it's what they want. You see this all the time. Like, listen, as as parents, we are great boundary crossers, right? All of us do this. All of us. Like, no one's in a boat by themselves as we all want to do this. Uh, Dr. Cloud, he, he told the story. I'm just gonna kinda, I'm just gonna paraphrase it. You'll see it when you read the book. I think it's in chapter three. He talks about this family, this mom and dad come in and said, oh my gosh, you gotta help us with our son. He is struggling and won't take responsibility. And he goes, well, where is he? Well, he didn't want to come. He just wanted to stay at home, <laughs> right? Problem number one. And so number two, so he starts, well, tell me about him. We'll see who's the problem is. And so he goes, well, he starts going through these things like, well, you know, it's one of these things like, we, uh, like when, when he gets into a financial crisis, man, like we want to make sure he's okay, so we go and we put more money into his accounts, right? And, and when he's over here, it's like he doesn't wake up in the morning, so we make sure we, we go up there at 9 o'clock and we wake him. It takes us 30 minutes to do it, right? And then we get over here, it's like he's in college, he just won't finish college. And so, like, we're just like, but we're like providing for him and giving his meals and giving him money and giving him everything that he needs to go succeed, right? But it's like he just won't do it and then he fails out. He's like, well, what do you do when he fails out? Well, we go ahead and send his transcript to some other college, make sure he gets into the next college, hoping then, because the next one's probably going to be a better fit for him. And he goes, you know what? You're the problem, <laughs> right? You're the problem. You've enabled your child, right? And he says, here's the idea. Like, you have a boundary line. But, and then you're over here. Like, this is your responsibility. But over here is your child's responsibility. It's like a water. He says, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, it's like you are this, um, sprinkler. Like, they, you're supposed to sprinkle your own yard, and then your son's supposed to sprinkle his own yard and be responsible for his stuff. But it's like you take your sprinkler and spray everything into his yard. Right? And while your yard is literally dying. And so what's happened is, like, you take all of his responsibility, and he loves it. Who wouldn't? It's like winning the lottery, right? While you're literally dying, set boundaries, love self, do what you need to do in crisis and tragedy and difficult moments, right? But at the same time, he needs to learn to water his own lawn and be responsible this is this beautiful story, this reality, right? That our boundaries, when we set them in a healthy way, and, and empowers others to their own responsibility. Think about it. In Jesus, in that moment, like, you get it. Like, like I'll be honest with you. Like, I've had to set boundaries on people calling me, right? It's like, I'm, I'm not accessible 24-7. And I don't want to be. I don't think I'm supposed to be. I have boundaries set. What are those boundaries? If you call me just like at a certain time of night and I don't hear your phone call and you go, oh my gosh, I'm dying. I go, I literally say, hmm, I wonder if Jesus' grace is enough to meet them in their need. I will tell you this. I think it's been 100% of the time. When people call me in crisis and I literally can't get back to them, I feel like God says, you don't need to call. 100% of the time, 
I will, I will call them 24 hours say, hey, how are you? I was dying in that moment, but then I stopped, and I went and said, God, I need your help. And he actually met me, and I'm doing well today. I'm leading people to their responsibility to not reach out to a human being first, but to reach out to Jesus. I mean, it's beautiful. And so in that, right, we need to lead people to their responsibilities. So practically speaking, what are some of the boundaries we have to set up in relationships? I'm just going to get these lists really, really quick. This is not exhaustive. It's just a few things. Number one, we have to set up boundaries with our words. We must learn to say no. We must learn to say yes. These are just practical things. They're not on the screen. Just You'll know these things. Words. We need to learn to say no and to say yes, right? We need to learn to be obedient. And that's like, God, I feel like God's leading me to say no, yes. Two, we need to be, we need to be in boundaries of speaking the truth. A boundary is, listen, a boundary is speaking the truth. We must speak honestly and openly in relationships. How many of you are afraid of conflict so you're not honest with people and then you find your relationship suffering because you couldn't be honest because you couldn't set the boundary up of actually speaking the truth? We gotta set up a boundary of honest truth, of being honest with people. Like, I gotta be honest. It's like, I feel like you're asking a lot of me, or I need to be honest with you. I'm really struggling right now. I just gotta say no to this, right? Whatever it may be. Separation. A boundary of separation. We must learn to acknowledge destructive situations in our lives and then disconnect from them. The Bible urges us to get away from danger and put limits on the amount of evil in our lives or to flee from abuse. If we're in this abusive relationship, we have to set boundaries up and do some level of separation to protect self so we can actually live. Third, fourth, time. We must, listen, I said a boundary of time. We overcommit to people or situations out of fear of losing their relationship or losing credibility. We have to have boundaries on our time and boundaries with our emotional distance. Listen, emotional separation or relational separation is often needed to reach equilibrium in our own life. I'm not talking about divorce. I mean, it's in any kind of relationship that you're in where there's like a, there's this like emotional toxicity. I tell people all the time, it's like you, if you're living in a tornado, you can't get whole and healthy in a tornado because you're being driven by a tornado. Sometimes you have to create emotional separation, pull back in a moment so that you can breathe and get healthy so that you can then work on the toxicity of what's happening in your relationship. Again, these are just simple things, simple things, right? Boundaries have to begin to create. So, this is a take from Dallas Willard. Thanks, thanks, Scott, for this. You gave me this video. I really liked it. Dallas Willard, and I'm going to kind of create some of my own language around these three because I couldn't build some of the things that he built up in his teaching, but it's this. Number one. When we, how do we engage limitations? How do we engage our limitations? How do we, how do we name boundaries? How do we begin to be honest about when do we invest? When do we pull back? What does that look like? What are limitations? These are just three practical pieces to be honest with you. You're going to want more than this so you can dive into it yourself. Number one, first, commit to be a person of compassion. Commit to be a person of compassion. All right, that goes back to the this, this, this command, right, the great command, love your neighbor as yourself. Let's Listen, the first step is we have to commit to be a person of compassion. Listen, if all you have set up are boundaries that no one can get in, then that's not helpful. Boundaries are destructive if no one can ever get inside of them, right? We have to be people of compassion. Don't just say no to something because it isn't comfortable. I will be completely honest. 
I think the great danger in our, listen, the great danger in our culture about compassion is we usually only do the things that feel good and are comfortable. And that's not a litmus test of God's calling. It is not. Compassion is not something that fits into your schedule. It makes you feel good. It makes you, and and doesn't cost you anything. Compassion always costs us something. Always. So it's not comfort we're looking for. It's not comfort. We have to be people of compassion. We must be ready to love our neighbors whenever needed. Choose compassion as a lifestyle and be alert. Be awakened to people around you, the situations people are dealing with. The problem with us, and we're not great at compassion sometimes because all we can see is self. But we're supposed to love our neighbors in the same way that we love ourselves. We are aware of neighbor in the same way that we're aware of self. That's where it begins. The second thing, this is the big piece. Learn to discern God's call. Like you're making a judgment call, right, in the context of limitations. We are not called to everyone, and our compassion has limits, just like Jesus. We are finite in our humanity, right? Our discernment is required. It's a decision that we make. Discernment is a decision that we make to show compassion based on what is best for the person that we love. Discernment is basically based on what we believe is God's best. And discernment is basically based on what produces the greatest amount of good in the moment. And so when we come into a situation, we begin to weigh it out. God, God, is this, listen, is this going to, is going to be best for this person if I love them? Am I going to be getting into their boundaries or not? So I'm going to be honest in that. Uh, in that moment, God, I, I am, I'm going to, um, I'm going to begin to think, God, is this, is this ultimately the best thing in the moment? And is it ultimately loving? We're going to ask these questions. We're going to take the steps of discernment. Hearing God's voice, my stepping in the boundaries, is this the best thing in the moment? And recognizing this, this is super huge. If I choose to love Spencer with my day, it means I'm setting a boundary that I can't love Emily that day. And so I have to trust her with somebody else. If I choose to give myself to someone, I'm discerning God's leading me to him, that it means in that day I don't have space and time for somebody else, and I've got to trust God that God will care for and provide for them in the moment. Discernment, the boundary is just real simple. I'm fine, I can only care for this neighbor in front of me. Now, obviously, I can still love people. But you know what I'm getting at? Primary energy, giving away. So in that, right? God's will, you show compassion to, right? And so in this, listen, discerning God's will and who to show compassion to and show rest, it isn't always crystal clear. It isn't. It isn't always crystal clear. Sometimes we will miss it. Sometimes we step into somebody else's boundaries. We run in their lane. Guess what? It's okay. It's better to err on the side of compassion than to not show compassion at all. And so in that, we learn to discern, God, is this where you're moving? Show compassion what is based best for the person what God's, who God's leading me to love. We believe is God's best and produces the greatest amount of good. In this, third, we have to learn to trust. Well, let me say this real quick. When we get to moments, right, where we're now showing compassion and we're practicing compassion, right, be aware of the physical markers that God puts in your life to tell you to slow down. 
Why do I get hungry? Because God's given me a limitation to say, if you don't have food, you can't sustain everyday life. So I get hungry as a limitation to show I need to stop in my day. If I'm growing angry and frustrated in the context of all of my relationships, that is a sign to us that something is an error. We need to stop and slow down to figure out what is going on in the moment, right? If I am tired, it shows us you need to slow down and figure out a way to rest. All of these signs are pointing to our limitations, and it helps us in this call that we have to discern where God's showing, calling us to show compassion. And third, this is the biggest one. Learn to trust God to fill in the gaps. Like, learn to trust that God is God. And if you can't, if I can't go over here and love everyone today and I feel guilty about it, I don't have to feel guilty because I'm giving myself here. I'm giving myself to rest, to recharge, to replenish. And I can trust that God is God and that he will raise up someone else to meet needs. Be a person of compassion. Learn to discern God's call. It takes time. Work on it. And learn to trust God to fill in the gaps. We've been called to love our neighbor itself. We have to realize our finiteness. Learn our limitations and our boundaries. Why? Because I don't want to run a sprint of a life and then collapse at the end because I can't do anymore. I want to run the marathon all the way to the end as I'm learning to work, rest, work, and rest, work, and rest, work, and rest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence with us. I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your compassion. That God, you understand our finiteness. You understand our struggles. You understand our weaknesses. God, that you understand our fears. That you understand, God, our failures along the way. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for the way that you stir in our hearts, God, just to continue to lead, guide, direct us. God, I do thank you that you have completely made us capable. You made us completely capable of showing compassion. We can do the things that you did because your spirit is inside of us. And we just ask this morning, Jesus, that you really would lead and guide us to the place, Lord, of showing compassion and embracing limitations. Amen. I invite you to respond this morning. Offering, offering baskets are available every Sunday in our giving kiosk back here. Ministry teams available on both sides and taking communion this morning. And what I want to say in this is just allow God to speak this morning. Just be aware of your markers. Be aware of what you're feeling, right? Be aware of these tensions. Be aware of the boundaries. Ask yourself about the primary relationships you're in and say, God, are there boundaries that I'm crossing? Is there someone else's lawn that I'm watering? I need to stop watering. I need to really water my own. I need to water their own. God, are there people that I'm not showing compassion to today because I really just, I just don't want to because it's not comfortable. God, forgive me. So allow God to speak in this morning about where you are in this context of loving neighbor itself. Allow him to move. Also this morning, recognize there are those who've come this morning, man, with just great felt needs that you're struggling mentally, emotionally, and physically. 
ministry teams, that's why they, they're here. They just want to pray for you this morning. Just people to come alongside of you, to love on you in the moment, and to pray for anything that's going on in your life. Whether it's related to the message or not, it doesn't really matter. We just want to love on you by praying for these things that are going on in your life. So I invite you just to respond as the Lord leads. I'm officially done this morning, so I'm going to just, as soon as I walk off the stage, you guys are just free to respond as the Lord leads. You pray for us this week as we leave for one camp, and don't forget the board as you walk out.